Welcome back to the Winging It podcast, how to build, maintain and totally own a career that you love. Every week, I'm sitting down with an expert to help business owners and career women learn something new that will help you achieve success and balance in a career path that makes you happy. In today's episode, we're talking all about sustainability in business. Did you know that every year in London alone, we produce 7 million tonnes of waste from our homes, public buildings and businesses? Food waste and plastic packaging, including single-use coffee cups and plastic bottles combined, account for 30% of this waste, which means there's lots of easy tweaks that we can make in both our everyday lives and at work to reduce the amount of waste that we produce. We've been working with a few sustainability-conscious brands at Sassy Digital recently, so I had a think and invited today's superstar guest on to talk all about running a sustainable business. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by The Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives. Our listeners get 25% off with the code SASSY25 and I'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on Entel, you'll be able to click the link now. I'm sat here with the lovely Zanna Van Dyke. Hello. Did I say that right? You did. You know, not many people do, mate, so well done. Thanks. It's often Zanna Van Dijk. I'm like, yes, it's Dyke. It looks how it sounds. Yeah. It looks, it looks bizarre. To okay. Zana, yes. for those who don't know you, in your own words, who are you? What do you do? That's like the hardest question I feel that I always get thrown. Um, I'm Zana. I'm newly 27. And um, I'm. <laughs> this is really deep. Uh, pardon? This is really deep. Newly 27. I'm newly 27 and I feel so old. Um, what do I do? So I'm a blogger, personal trainer, and also the co founder of Stay Wild Swim. That's a nice little summary. That is a nice little summary. Yeah. This is like really weird for me because obviously I've had Nat on the podcast before. Yes. And you and Nat are co-founders yes. of Stay Wild. And it's odd to have you on different episodes, but... Yeah, yeah. we've got two different messages. Well, we've exactly. got the same message, but also two different messages, Exactly. You know? Exactly. So let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us the story from becoming an influencer to starting a business? Like, did you go to uni? Start yes. from there. Okay. Okay, so let's start from when I was like 13, right? Because okay, start it starts young. So I have always been an online person. I started coding web pages at the grand old age of about 13, 14. I taught myself HTML and coded web pages for this online game called Neopets. So I used <gasps> to code I used to code pages for people's pets. Literally, that's how much of a geek what? I am. Then I started my first fashion blog aged 15 to 16. Then I did a beauty blog aged 17 to 19 didn't blog then wow. just before my 20th birthday I started my fitness blog so yeah I said fashion yeah so I did fashion like 17 to 19 then fitness from like 20 onwards so I've always been an online person always had a blog I think yeah I've been through like three or four blogs in my time coded web pages always knew that even if it wasn't going to be my job because I didn't even know blogging could be a job I knew that blogging was going to be a hobby of mine or something on the side because I've always been like an online 
nerd. Um, and then I went to university, started this fitness blog. Why did you go into fitness? Because this is like one of the me- like this is still one of your main things, right? So yeah, why fitness? I had this boyfriend who was a bodybuilder. Shout out to Stephen. And um, he uh, <laughs> he got me into training because I was like, all my mates find it hilarious. I'm a fitness blogger because I was one of those people who used to like skip PE, skip games, like literally hated uh, exercise, would rip the shit out of people who exercised. I was like, ah, you like to run? I like to eat. <laughs> no, I mean, I just wasn't one of those. I was just really anti-exercise and yeah. here I am. Um, so... I was just always anti and then I had this boyfriend who got me to start training and I was like oh this is really interesting and then I started sharing I stand up for a Tough Mudder you know Tough Mudder like those yeah. obstacle course things and I started sharing my training for that on my personal Instagram I still have that Instagram it's called Zanzapan and I was sharing my training on there and then this girl from school who's two years below me messaged me and said hey you know like you you're into fitness I'm into fitness too and I never really met her before like I knew her from school but didn't really know each other properly yeah she went for dinner with me and we ended up both setting up our fitness Instagrams together that day. She was like, people do fitness Instagrams in America. And she showed me this girl who was called like Mar- Mally or Marley. Anyway, I was like, wow, this girl's got like a million followers and she posts workout videos. I was like, wow, this is a thing. So that night I started my fitness Instagram and that was like seven years ago. Oh my God. So yeah, it was just a sort of a spontaneous, I'm into fitness. Oh, you can do Instagram about this. And then obviously off the back of that, I was like, well, let's start yet another blog. So I started a blog, started a YouTube channel, bish, bash, bosh, seven years later, here I am. Right, Instagram. Yes. When did you, can you remember when you first started, like, thinking, this is my career? Yes. So I did Instagram for about a year, and then I met this guy in the gym called Bryn. Shout out to Bryn. <laughs> and uh, Bryn was this big bodybuilder guy who wore, like, this string of vests, was, like, just cover your nipples, you know, the ones. Oh, yeah, anyway, baby. he was one of those, but he was, like, <laughs> a massive and shredded. And I was like, whoa, who are you? So I started chatting to him in the gym. Turned out he had, like, an Instagram following, and he was sponsored by this brand, this, like, big, massive, massive protein brand. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And he said, I can introduce you to the protein brand. So got introduced to the protein brand, ended up getting sponsored. And I was like, oh, my God, this is cool. Like, you could work with companies. And I had, like, a really tiny following at the time. And cool things were starting to happen, you know. Um, So then by the time it got to, like, my last six months of uni, so it was a four-year degree, and I was like, okay, maybe I can start trying to turn this into a bit of a career. But I wasn't too sure if if it would actually turn into something. And then by the time I finished uni, I went backpacking for three months. And when I was backpacking, I got an email saying, do you want to come and do a personal training course in London? We will gift you the course. Oh. Dreamy. As long amazing. as you like blog and etc. about yeah. it. Um, but you have to like obviously organise your own accommodation and stuff. So moved down to London, lived in Croydon with this deaf guy, spoke to him in sign language, great times, um, and did my personal training course. And during that six weeks I did my personal training course, I literally got signed to a modelling agency and did a brand deal thing with Nike. And I was like, okay cool London is treating you well yeah and I literally called my mum and I said mum would you be offended if I just didn't come home so (laughs) she was kind of like yes but I didn't come home I just went up north got my bags and I packed my bags for two days came down moving to a flat in London and then yeah that was five years ago did you ever think you were going to move to London or were you just like I had always said I am never going to live in London I literally Point blank, so I never will. Oh I got an gosh. offer from a university. I got an offer from um, UCL University. Yeah. And I said no to them because I was like, I'm never going to live in London. It's too big. It's too scary. I'm from Yorkshire. I'm from the countryside. I can't bear to live there. Um, and here I am, and I love it. So, times change. But, yeah, I'd say I 
consciously, when I start that personal training course, I said to my mum when I told her that I was going to stay in London, I was like, you just give me a year. Give me a year to try and turn this into a job. And I applied for a master's degree to, like, give her reassurance because you know like parents love like further education nice stable job they don't really understand it no so I said to mum like look I'm going to apply for a master's degree that'll be my backup but just give me give me the rest of this summer because I came down in February I was like give me till September if I haven't made it by then and I'm not earning enough money to support myself I'll go and move and go to university if not I'll stay in London anyway I ended up staying in London it was all right so what did you do at uni um, speech science, speech and language therapy, specialising in... Which is why you knew how to speak sign language. Yes. Oh my god, amazing. Yeah. You're so clever. Not really, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting uh, course of events. That was a real ramble. Sorry, it was very self-indulgent, but you know. Okay, so yeah. how many years into Instagramming, YouTubing are we? Right now? Yeah. Right now, I'm like seven years in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, been around for a while. I feel like you started, though, when everyone... Well, not when everyone started, but you started, like, very early on. I was one of the OGs. OGs. One of the OGs. I'm a slow burner. I'm a slow burner. You know, like, some people, like, come onto the scene now and they're just like, boom, a million followers. Never had that. You know, some people, like, have those massive, like, big growth spurts. Never had that either. I've just been, like, a I slow... Did. No. I've always been a slow, steady burner. I've never had an explosion, mate. You know, like, some people, like, explode. I've never exploded. I've always just been, like, a slow, steady grower. Seven years. However, here to stay. I like to think that the steady growth... Equals stability. Mm. That's what I tell myself when I I, so. to reassure myself about my very unstable career. Um, so <laughs> I tell myself this, that it, has, it means I'm stable. <laughs> okay, so you've been doing that for a while. Then last year, you decided to start your own business. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. How did that happen? Stay well to him. Yeah, well, so I mean, obviously, I, I have know, like other businesses. Yeah, I know how it happened, but just tell everyone. <laughs> okay, so stay well to him, swim my business. I obviously had, like, my personal blogging brand business, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was enjoying that, but I was talk- starting to talk more, about, more and more about sustainability. And obviously, I'd been a fitness blogger, but my passion had shifted to be not just fitness, but also, like, the health of the planet. So I was talking about it loads on social media. I have to admit, 2018, I was, like, preachy AF. But... I'm glad I don't feel like you were. I feel like I got out of my system. You well, know? that's good. I like I got out of my system in 2018, and now I'm a bit more chill. Um, so I was like, preach queen, spoke about it loads. People kind of knew that I was the girl who cared about the planet, because it's all I bloody spoke about. Um, <laughs> definitely have passed that phase now. Um, <laughs> and I tweeted one day saying, I want to make something out of recycled ocean plastic, whether it's like a product or swimwear or something. I want to make it out of recycled ocean plastic. I want to turn like a problem into a solution. And then my friend Natalie just slid into my Twitter DMs and was like, oh, I want to make swimwear out of ocean plastic. And I was like, oh, let's go get some avocado toast. (laughs) So we did. And over that avocado toast, um, she was like, oh, this is here's my thoughts that I've been having about swimwear what do you think I was like mm, yeah it seems interesting why don't we dabble so we both kind of said like let's just do some initial research see what we think if we can find a factory if we can find fabric if we can find like if we can think of designs that we like and we can agree on these things and work out if it's financially viable we kind of just like went into it just thinking we'll just dip our toe in and see what happens anyway we dipped our toe and then the whole leg went in and we just never came out 
Well, I was going to say, make this sound very casual, but I... I know how much work went into that. Oh, yeah. And so, like, on Instagram, it's like, yeah, you know, you know, we've done loads of research. This is, you know, the whole messaging thing. But actually, that was, like, a proper beast. That was, oh. like... Oh, it was mad. You could write a like, dissertation on... That summer that. was crazy, because we had that meeting in, like, I feel like February, March time. Um, and then the swimwear launched in October. And I feel like that summer was just mad for us both. We were both... We yeah we just got in very deep very quickly and then it never was even a question of like are we going to do this it was just like well let's just do it then well the ball's rolling the ball's rolling so let's just keep going and I think there was a lot of naivety in the beginning bliss blissful ignorance of of what was to come and then once you get into it you're like oh my god this is massive um and we've realized that now so yeah it's like it's a beast it's a beast of a business to be in and it's so much more than we ever thought it was going to be we thought it was going to be a little bit of a side project that we were both like passion projects we're both interested in and now it's like a fully fledged business um but we love it and I'm very, very, very proud of how far it's come. And it's not even a year old and it's gone really well. So It has gone amazingly well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about Stay Wild. What's what it, it made is. Of? Yeah. What is it? What is it made of? All of that. It is a swimwear brand. Um, we like to think that we're sustainable in every area that we physically can be. We've tried to think of everything, but we always say there's uh, there's room for improvement. Like you can't physically be perfect. If you're the perfect sustainable um, fashion brand you wouldn't exist because producing new anything isn't sustainable but people are going to buy swimwear so you want them to buy as sustainable as possible swimwear that that can be produced so we make our pieces out of regenerated ocean plastic so it's like regenerated plastic of which the vast majority of that is like fishing nets ocean plastic but also things like offcuts, old carpets like waste which otherwise would have gone to landfill get put into our blend and then turn into high quality fabric which we make into swimwear and then in terms of like our stitching is made of recycled plastic bottles our factory is in london so it's actually in kensington i mean the workers are getting paid very well um definitely not any kind of sweatshop going on with our brand um and yeah we do like small production runs we don't try and do like mass production we don't have new seasons every week like it's supposed to be in fashion you have like autumn winter and spring summer and then in fast fashion brands it's like there's 52 seasons you know and um, there's one every week of the year yeah and then for us we don't even have autumn winter spring summer we just release things when we fancy releasing them which is quite nice so <laughs> we're, we're very nice. very very slow fashion brand small production runs very very minimal if not no waste with our fabric we're just trying to do things as best as we can like carbon neutral shipping recycled packaging um compostable hygiene liners like everything that you can physically think of we've tried to do it sustainably which is a challenge I imagine it is, and the only reason I thought of this the other day was because I went to a t- I went to your pop up, yes, and that said about the compostable hygiene liners, and obviously that's something that, I mean that's something that I hadn't even thought of that you were doing, mm-hmm. and it was either you or Nat that said that that was like the trickiest thing in the world to find. Oh yeah, because obviously plastic plastic is cheap, plastic is so oh, cheap, yeah. and it's mass produced, so. That was, that was yeah, the most niche thing that we had to find in our whole production. And we actually had to um, get them from America because nowhere that we could find in Europe made hygiene liners that wasn't just plastic. This is the only people that we found in the whole world. I'm sure there's probably someone somewhere else who does it, but the only people we could find from extensive 
Googling. Who uh, who did Compostable Hygiene Liners? What do people do without Google? I don't know. Our whole business is based off extensive Googling, to be honest. <laughs> so My life is based off extensive Googling. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only thing we... That's the only people we could find. And it was literally so much back and forth to try and get a wall that we had to buy a thousand. Um, so it was just a lot. It was just a lot just to get Compostable Hygiene Liners. But, yeah, you don't even realise. Like, it's only when you actually start the process of making swimwear that you're like, wow... Then you have to think of, you know, the little tags that's in the back that says the size and stuff on. Yeah. It's like, what's that going to be made out of? How are we going to print that? Yeah. That needs to be like vegan ink and that needs to be 100% organic or recycled or it's like every single little thing which you don't even realise has to be sustainable, has to be sustainable and you have to work it out. And the whole industry isn't built to support sustainable choices. The industry is built to make it easy to be fast fashion and it's made, and it's built to make it hard to be slow fashion and hard to be sustainable. So we had to go against the grain and kind of like find find the small loopholes which allowed us to be more sustainable because it's not built that way the industry isn't built that way i think most industry that it's just convenience isn't it it's like exactly i mean it's like plastic packaging so i looked up on the internet yesterday mm. just had a quick google try and get my facts straight do you know seven million tons of waste produced in london alone 30 percent of which is food waste plastic cups mm. and packaging Wow. 30% of that. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot in one city. Wow. Scares me. Convenience. It is convenient. But it's actually not cool to hold a, a normal coffee cup normal now. Coffee cup now. But I sometimes think that, like, when I walk through the area that I live in, I live in southwest London, Yummy Mummy District, and everybody walks around with their reusable coffee cups, and I'm like, yes, my people. But then you, like, come into Soho, and like, everybody's there with their takeaway plastic iced coffees, and I'm like, what? I'm yeah. like, it's 2019, hun. Like where you at? Like um, <laughs> oh, then, and also I love how I love how we have now paper straws inside in, the in plastic a plastic. Oh my God, it just makes no sense. <laughs> like, but you know what? I always think something is better than nothing, and every small win should be celebrated. But yeah. I just kind of feel like I get excited in thinking that everybody's woke, and then you have moments when you realise no, maybe like five percent are. I think know? people people are more like susceptible to it I guess like yeah. in certain areas we actually had this conversation yesterday Becky said I really want to try and be more plastic free and she said but how would I buy my chicken yeah things like that you can't buy chicken that's not in plastic packaging is that true you know what could you go to a butcher yeah but they'll um, put it in a plastic bag yeah, but can you ask them not to even you take like a big box or something to put it in yeah it's always a bit awkward that's the go. thing if you want oh you know Morrison's um, if you go to Morrison's now and take your own Tupperware, they will put any meat product or fish in your Tupperware, no plastic packaging. Morrison's and Sainsbury's both do that. No way. Truth. Well, there you go. Top Cody tip. First. Top tip. Yeah. So you can. You can get chicken without plastic. And supermarkets now do, like, pasta and yeah stuff in twizzly, long, tubey Dispensers, things. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. in London as well, there's, like, loads of zero-waste shops and stuff in London. Yeah. There's a really, really cool one um, near me called The Source. And it's just amazing. It's got Do you everything. think it's more expensive, though? No. You don't think it is? No. No. See, I think that's, like, a preconception. I also think within business, that's, like, a preconception of, okay, we can be more sustainable, but it's going to be more expensive. Which is... In Stay Wild Swim, it is so much more expensive to be sustainable. That is, like, I think in, in general life, I'd say 50, 60% of the choices that you make to be more sustainable will be the same price or cheaper. 
if you go and buy certain products like if you buy yourself a reusable water bottle that initial outlay will be expensive and you'll be like why am i buying a 25 pound water bottle but then in the long run it'll save you money yeah so i think there's things which you invest in to live a more sustainable lifestyle which up front feel expensive but they often pay you back over time but when it actually comes to being a business it is expensive because the industry isn't built to to be sustainable but you kind of have to see it as number one, your responsibility. You should be trying to be more sustainable as a business. It's, it's 2019, like wake up, we all have to be. Number two, you can use it as a selling point. Like you can say to your customers, like, look at what we're doing. And if you keep supporting us, then we'll be able to make more changes. If you do like 1% of our profits is going to turn towards, it's going to be put towards us moving to a carbon neutral facility for this or for this or for that or to switch our packaging yeah your customers hopefully will support that so i kind of feel like it is more expensive but you kind of have to embrace it and reflect it in your price tag you know yeah and i think a lot of people are scared to do that yeah however i it well is necessary but i also do think it's it's actually cool yeah to now buy things that are more sustainable like i don't know i would spend more on shipping if I knew it was carbon neutral, carbon neutral and packaged in recycled, recyclable stuff. When you order stuff from large on time, online uh, retailers and yeah. you order your electric toothbrush and it comes in a box the size of Manhattan, yes, <laughs> <laughs> such as I did the other day. I was like, "Sorry, Why? what? Do they run out of boxes?" That they, would... I know this online retailer and I have the same <laughs> experience. And I'm like, I literally ordered like a bag of Brazil nuts and I have received. A box large I enough swear, to fit like a post, op- yeah. post box in. Also, if you go on Twitter and see what people are saying, most of it is like, why are you sending me like so much packaging? Why are you sending me well, whatever, small things inside a very large box? Yeah. People don't want it. People people want minimal packaging. When you're a company that size though, do you not think it's easier that it would be easier if you're a larger company to reflect that in your packaging? Do you know what what I mean? to make changes? Yeah. Yeah, but they just don't care. That's the thing, mate. They just don't care. That's sad. I really hope people start to care. <laughs> Lead by example. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. Trying. <laughs> yeah, I hope people wake up. They are. Stay World Swim. People are supporting it. It shows that they, like, care, you know? Yeah. This is what I tell myself. I'm like, please, world change. Soon, fast, please. This podcast is not sponsored. So I thought, what better way to help businesses out than shout out some amazing women doing amazing things. In late 2018, Ishita was planning a spreadsheet for her honeymoon and turned to social media for ideas on where to go, where to eat, and also what to wear. She always saw influencers on social media wearing beautiful clothing, often only once. She couldn't help but wonder if these items were gifted from the brands themselves or bought just for the photo and what exactly would happen to them after. Ashita started thinking about her worldview. She was born in Rajasthan, India, a place known for its textile mills and craftsmanship. She grew up in Singapore, where their national hobby is shopping. She now lives in the UK, where people are fashion conscious and increasingly turning up the volume on sustainable causes. The same people have also embraced sharing economies such as Airbnb, Uber and Fat Llama. So why not fashion? Upon further digging, she was shocked to learn the extent of environmental damage the fashion industry has brought upon us, especially sometimes to the expense of developing nations such as her motherland. 
With a career in finance and as an outsider to the British fashion scene, you'd find it curious that Ashita founded By Rotation, a fashion technology company. To her, it feels like a calling, the ability to combine her values, passion and technical skill set all at once. Aiming to transform the way we consume fashion, By Rotation is a peer-to-peer fashion rental platform. Think the Airbnb of mid-to-high-end fashion. By Rotation offers a more sustainable approach to one's wardrobe while creating a diverse community of style-conscious individuals. Users or rotators are encouraged to rent what they need and lend what they don't at a fraction of the retail price. Rotators are able to do good for their planet, their wardrobe and their wallet all at once. Start rotating today by visiting byrotation.com or you can follow them at byrotationofficial on Instagram where you can see lots of their wonderful outfits that you can rent directly through their website. So you mentioned reflecting obviously price. Yes within the price tag and I think to be fair Stay Wild is a premium product but it's Mm. not cheap Mm. but has that put anyone off or you know what in the beginning Nat and I felt like we needed to explain ourselves and because we'd get asked about it a lot and get a lot of backlash and be like why is your stuff so expensive but then Natalie says to me she's like we don't have to explain ourselves Anna we are a high end premium product like we are Stockton Selfridges we are doing London Fashion Week we are designer swimwear so why are we trying to explain why we're not a high street price when we're not a high street brand? We should just embrace the fact that we're a designer swimwear brand and like that's the price that we are. And if you actually put us in the context of Selfridges and the price range of their swimwear, we are the cheapest product on really? the Selfridges shop floor pretty much. On their premium shop floor, obviously. We are pretty much one of the, the cheapest brands, yet wow. we are the, one of the most sustainable ones. I'm like, I just think, I think our prices are so good for what our product is. And I mean, if, they and feel amazing. Thank you. But like, also, if, if you looked at our profit margin compared to an average swimwear brand, we are making tiny profit compared to what... If we did the usual ratios of how much it costs to make a product versus the profit margin that you add on top, our pieces would cost about £300 on the shelf. But we don't want to charge people £300. So we take a massive hit to our profit because we want to make it a bit more accessible. Fair enough, it's not a high street price, but we physically would be making a loss if we did that a large loss so we have to put it as a high-end brand because that's what we are and that's what it takes to make this sort of quality product and to make something in london i think people underestimate like how expensive it's to make something in london you know like wow wow yeah it's so expensive it's so expensive and like with that ethos those ethics those principles the sustainability element comes a price tag and people are willing to pay for it like stay well swim is doing really well so yeah, I think it's nice as well. I mean, ethically produced mm. as well. Mm. That's the other thing. Not everything is ethically produced. Because people can say um, something sustainable and then produce it in a sweatshop. Yeah. I'm like, oh, disagree. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing is, you know, a lot of brands now who are being more sustainable and ethical don't, don't want to make the extra profit by shortchanging someone on the other end. Mm-hmm. So I think that's nice. Yeah, I think ultimately, if if you're only paying five pound for a top, somebody else is paying the price. If mm. if if that's in their exactly. suffering or their lack of wage, somebody else somewhere down the chain of events of that t-shirt getting to your hands is suffering for that price tag and is paying the price for that. And I just don't think 
it's worth it for me. I don't, yeah. And like now that I know about it, I feel like I know too much now. You only start to get on that rabbit hole of these things. I'm like, I know too much about fashion now. I'm like, I literally physically could not buy something that was like a £10 t-shirt now. I'm like, I couldn't buy it because I just can't even envisage the suffering that goes into that and the poor ethics and the poor sustainability. I'm like, no, 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 can't do it. Yeah, I know. very privileged thing to say. Disclaimer. Yeah, massively, massively privileged thing to say. Typically but speaking, I can't. though, cheaper products like that don't ever last anywhere near as long as something that's more expensive. So, say for example, Truth. you felt a normal swimsuit or a normal bikini compared to a stay wild swimsuit or bikini. Like the quality is evidently different. Yeah, like and it's going to last longer. So, cost per wear. True. And like with Stay Wild Swim, it costs us double the price to produce our pieces because we double line everything. So like if you go into a if you go and pick up a piece of swimwear from a high street brand, it might be single lined. If you yeah. feel our pieces, some of them are double and some of them, if they're white, are triple I was gonna say, lined. Triple lined. No one wants to get in a pool in a single lined white swimsuit. No, 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 no. And we don't want to do that. So we literally double and triple our production costs because we want the quality to be amazing. And I just think, like, I know it's a privileged thing to say, to say invest in pieces. Um, and I understand that not everybody can do that. If you can't do that, I just say buy less or buy secondhand. But if you do buy something that's high quality, it is going to last. And if you buy less things and then just wear them over and over and over again, the carbon footprint of the item that you've invested in and also the cost per wear, hashtag cost per wear, is so much lower. It's just a case of, like, buying, be- buying less, buying better, wearing more. Mm. That's what I think. I also do well it's this fast fashion thing isn't it when something's in trend or when you go on Instagram and you see someone wearing something you're like oh my god I need it now yeah. I need it right now whereas I mean I am I feel like everyone wears a lot of black but I wear a lot of black me too and I'm just like because it's so versatile I want to wear this black top with these pink trousers but I'm also going to wear them in my jeans and everything else mm-hmm. so I feel like when you have a wardrobe that's like versatile like that it makes it easier I'm doing this thing at the moment. I'm doing a YouTube challenge this week oh. where every day this week I'm styling my least worn items in my wardrobe. So today's item is these red shoes. I've had these They're very shoes. Clean, I have to say. Thank you. I've had them for about two years and that's how clean they are, which says a lot. So oh, I've cool. not I've not been wearing them that much. So my challenge today was to style these trainers and I've been styling a different item from my wardrobe every day this week, which is an item that I don't wear enough. And I just kind of feel like I'm trying to, to shop my that's own cool. wardrobe more. Yeah, and I'm, like, filming it and documenting my experience of, like, how it feels to, to wear things which you wouldn't normally wear. Because we have, like, our default yeah. outfits, you know? And then I'm like, right, I, I, have a ma- I have a massive case of wearing all black. Um, whereas today, I feel like this is really out of my comfort zone. I'm wearing, like, ripped jeans. I haven't worn ripped jeans since I was, I don't know, fresh out the womb. So I'm, like, wearing ripped jeans. I'm wearing a cropped T-shirt and red trainers. I'm like, who am I? I mean, it's sunny today. Thank you. But I feel like... This is very unlike me, but I have these items in my wardrobe, so I should wear them. So yeah, I'm really trying to be more sustainable, not just in what I buy, but like in just wearing what I already have. Do you know what's really cool? What? You know when you see something in your wardrobe and you're like, oh, I don't like that anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm going to take, for example, a like striped shirt I have, which is actually really cool, but I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, when I wear this, do I look like I work in Tesco's? <laughs> and that is why I hate it. So, but this particular one, I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to throw it away. I'm going to go and look on Pinterest and see how I can wear it differently so I don't feel like I work in the supermarket. Love that. I did a video the other day and it was styling a leopard print dress three ways. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's, I did. I thought it was quite cool. And like, I made it into a skirt one day and then one day I did Amazing. it with heels. One day I did it with like denim jacket and like trainers. And I'm trying to like 
make content which shows people that you can shop what you already have and like even with stay wild swim like we say to people and probably a bad business model but i'm like don't buy six pieces from us i'm like buy one perhaps two max and just wear the hell out of them wear them until they literally fall apart which hopefully will be many years because they're such high quality (laughs) but i'm like literally wear them as much as you physically can we don't want you to be buying excessive quantities of things that is completely against our sustainable principles so it's like just buy one or two and treasure them and care for them another thing that we talk about a lot with stay wild is like take care of the items that you own wash them properly if something says dry clean dry clean it i have learnt from this <laughs> i machine washed a dry clean dress once it was a 200 pound dress oh. never do that anyone learn from my mistakes um but even like with stay wild swim our swimsuits where i like, hand wash them in cold water and lay them flat to dry and people are like, oh, really? I'm not, no, it's very important that you do that because that is so important for the longevity of that swimsuit and making it last years and years to come. There's care instructions for a reason. So please, follow the care instructions. It went off on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're so, you, you are so right. My little brother was home from uni this summer and we spent two weeks ago and he said, do you want me to do some of your washing? I said, no, I absolutely do not want you to do any of my washing. And why was that? It's because he bundled all of his shirts together, including like two white shirts with various like... Oh, colours. Various colours. He put them all in. I went, no, no, Chris, you don't wash white shirts with coloured things. He went, well, I've done it before. And I was like, if you held those white shirts against an actual white. white top, it would not be white. He was like, no, I don't really care, to be honest. Naughty. Me and him wouldn't get on very well. <laughs> now that I own a fashion brand, I'm like very into my um, making sure that you look after things properly. Educate him. I'll get him to listen to this. Yeah, sit down and listen, hun. I say get a shout out, Chris. Chris, don't wash your white shirts with your colours, hun. <laughs> He'll love that. So do you think it's getting easier for businesses to become more sustainable? In general, yes. But in comparison to being unsustainable, no. Like, overall, it's becoming easier and it's becoming more in demand and the customer base is becoming more woke. And the generation that is coming up now and starting to have disposable income, they care more than any other generation that has been a customer before. So that's a positive thing. Um, However, there's still the older generation who are hanging around, just chilling out, being CEOs, who maybe aren't into the big changes yet and aren't pushing for larger systemic change. Um, So I think in general... The whole industry is still built around being unsustainable, but it is easier. It was not impossible, like, maybe 10, 15 years to go to be, to be sustainable in fashion. Whereas now, like, with a bit of extensive Googling, you can actually make it happen, you know? So, yeah, in general, yeah. it's more accessible. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I also think, well, our age group, everyone's, like, starting their own business. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Well, not everyone, obviously. You but. say that. I think we're in a London bubble, mate. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody who's 27 is doing their own thing. No. Well, yeah, we probably are. Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, we probably are. Um, a lot of people are doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, because we're obviously the age that we are, startups, I think everyone is more aware of it and everyone who's starting up is trying to be better. Yeah, I think so. Although you say that, right? I went to dinner party the other night and there's this guy sat next to me who works in fashion and he said to me that he wants to start his own wedding dress company. And I've never met this dude before. Um, but I was like chatting away to him and I was like, you know what would be really cool if you like made them out of like sustainable fabrics or like recycled fabrics or did something like 
don't know, I did something ethical and sustainable with it. I was like, customers want that now. Something different. Yeah, and he just went, nah, I don't see myself doing that. He was like, I just want quick and easy, want to get it out on the out on the market. I was like, I don't think we're going to be friends. <laughs> but it just really blew my mind. Let's hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, no, But it just makes me realise, like, wow, people just aren't on that wavelength. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting. I mean, I am thinking of some people specifically that I know that don't do that but then but in general there is a larger proportion of people who are trying to start businesses and trying to be conscious with their decisions and something which I've noticed as somebody who owns a business which is sustainable I get so many people reaching out to me like friends who are saying I'm starting this I'm starting that how did you find suppliers how did you do it ethically what sort of packaging do you use what sort of shipping do you use so people are asking me which shows that like my colleagues and my acquaintances want to do things the right way which is really 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 reassuring that's cool and also I think in terms of having people's competitors Mm. in inverted commas I the more people that are doing it with sustainability oh yeah for the good of the planet yeah people are like oh you you don't have to tell me if you don't want to I'm like of course I'm going to tell you because the more people that do things the right way the better I mean I'm not going to give you the phone number of of our factory but I am going to tell you that there's factories in London I am going to tell you that this is the sort of fabric that we use that this is how we found shipping etc etc but I'm, I'm more than happy to help people because I think there's always more room at the top and we are nowhere near the top yet but um, there's always like room for people to try and be more sustainable and we should be supporting that wholeheartedly rather than trying to push down people who are trying to do the right thing you know and on that note yes say someone has a business and it's not oh, I don't know it, a product based business yes what's like what do you think are some easy like tweaks if people want to make changes the easiest thing you can do the thing that you can change almost overnight is packaging um, so you can start looking into packaging things more sustainably looking into recycled or 100% recyclable if your packaging isn't recyclable check yourself right you should be able there's to make there's so many options out there yeah like it's ev- a joke like, nowadays so many. it should at least be recyclable do you know what i mean i'm bringing out a product of my own next month a food product and i started working on it last may and it's coming out this september and the reason why is because i wanted the packaging to be 100 percent backyard compostable and i'm like i was willing to wait for that to come out because i want the packaging to be like you can rip it up and put it in your food waste and that'll be fine do you know what i mean like Packaging, nice. packaging can be such an easy thing. I mean, it was hard for me. I'd like to see a time lapse of that composting. That would just like yeah. feed my soul. Very, very satisfying. Uh, put it in like a wormery mm. and I'd film that. I'm there for it. <laughs> Santa's content coming up soon. <laughs> Filming a wormery. Um, but no, I feel like wait, what? I'm now thinking about worms. <laughs> Yeah, so the main thing, the easiest thing you can do is start with packaging. And then once you've done that, you can start making bigger changes. Like ethics and sustainability goes beyond like the fabrics that you use. Um, It goes beyond the factories that you use. It's also your ethics within your own company and making sure that you're paying people well that that work for you, not just in factories, but people that work for you as like in your marketing team, etc. That you're treating people fairly and equally and for example, an ethical company might pay their employees like one full day a year. They'll still pay them and they go and volunteer for charity or do something which supports That's the cool. planet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And you can do things like this thing. There's this thing called 1% for the planet where 1% of your profits goes towards sustainability charities a year. You can plant a tree for every order. There's like so many amazing ways that you can be more sustainable. So just don't be afraid to get stuck in and just start with something. 
something is better than nothing. Amazing. I was just thinking about. Um, do you have you ever had tea pigs tea? Yes, I have. Their plastic is not plastic. You know where the tea bags come in? Yeah, it's made from plants. Is it? It's like if you read the back of the packet, it says the sticker is made from plant. It's it's like made from wood bark, I think. Uh, but it oh, looks, like a pulp. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, looks yeah. like plastic. Deceiving. And then their actual How tea bags, uh, backyard compostable, which you can just yeah. put them in your food waste. I'm like, love that. Yeah, love that. And it tastes great. Um, but I think that's really cool that you can make plastic out of well, non-plastic out of. Well, that's like our hygiene liners. Like they're compostable and yeah. they look oh, like plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Put them in your food waste. Lovely. <laughs> okay, so I ask everyone this question. Yes. What is one app you couldn't do your job without, and it can't be social media, so sorry, Instagram. I have two. <gasps> yes. yes. I love when people come with more than one. Yes. And I hope so, they're new. Oh, God, probably not. Um, so number one, Google Docs. Like, I'm yes. sorry, but Share Google Docs doc. are life. They are actually life. I live my life on Google Docs, Google Sh- Google Sheets, Google everything. Just, like, easy. Get them on any device. Did you share share your 6,000 word essay on Google Docs the other day? No, but my laptop got recovered, so it's fine. Because I wrote it when I was offline. I wrote it on a plane. Oh, yeah. So, God, literally. Oh, so stressful. But got it back. Now it's on Google Docs. But, um, yeah, Google Docs is number one. And also, I just moved bank um, a couple of weeks ago to Starling Bank. Oh. And their app, I'm just so glad that I've moved to them. I mean, I'm not even sponsored by them, but Starling Bank, wow, wow. What's so good about the app? So they have this, like, circle thing that you can track your spending on, and it, like, divides all of your spending into different categories and shows you, like, your main expenses and stuff. And then you can have... Is this a business thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But you can have it for personal as well. Well, I was going to say, because I've got Monzo, and I've just got Monzo, and... Game changing. I die for it. Yeah, it's the same thing. So, like, Monzo, Starling, and there's one other one. They're all the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But also, it makes payments to other businesses really easy. I just found that with my old bank, it took me ages to set up a new provider that I wanted to pay, whereas I can, like, pay people, like in seconds it's so much easier to set up new payments and you can have like different pots that you categorize your money into so like your tax and your vat for your business and stuff oh, oh my gosh it is actually that game changing yeah. game changing the thing that inspired me to change was to change bank was number one it's a more ethical bank um that's another thing people can do that's really easy move to an ethical bank oh. where they don't invest money in oil or tobacco or firearms etc um oh my gosh i didn't even know that was the thing yeah so oh. you, you could be saving for example five grand in a barclays bank and they could be literally investing that money directly into oil that's that sorry Barclays think you're great um, but like yeah oh, they, they, they could be investing things into firearms into tobacco into like awful things without you even knowing so it's really important to think about where you're placing your money and investing them into positive things okay that's interesting yeah it's um, something that. else people can do but yeah Starling I found really 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 positive and I moved over because I got a massive tax bill and I was like ah oh, I haven't thought about this. <laughs> wow. Um, and then I thought, you know what? I should move to one of those banks. You which know what has, everyone um, says? <laughs> sensible people put 20% aside. Oh, I'm not one of those people. But now I do. Now that I'm with Starling, I have like a little pot for like VAT Does it automatically tax. move it over? I, I move it over whenever I get a oh, new okay. payment in. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I am a sensible person that does that, that moves it over automatically. But it would be cool if they could move it automatically. You know what? They probably can. I should just ask them. Yeah. But yeah. I, I reckon that would be a thing. I bet, I bet they would. But no, I'm really, really enjoying a cheeky bit of Starling Bank. So Starling and Google Docs. Also, banks like Starling and Monzo, you can literally open a bank account the same day 
Oh. My business bank, I had to wait two weeks to get an appointment and then, like, you can't make Nightmare. money. Yeah. Nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah, and also they switch you over really fast. You just apply to switch and give them the old bank details, then everything moves over. All your yeah, direct debits, debits move over. Yeah. Everything moves over. It's like, wow, this is the most simple thing ever. I'm like, I'm all here for these new digital banks. Yeah. Loving it. Love it. Loving it. Those are some great recommendations. Okay. You're welcome. Can you share an inspiring quote that you live by? Not necessarily an inspiring quote, but I genuinely do live by it. And it's great things never come from comfort zones. And Ooh. I feel like if you're constantly doing things the same way you've always done them, then nothing's ever going to change. And if you're constantly doing things which you feel comfortable with, you're never going to grow. So I'm always pushing myself to do things where I'm like, if I'm a little bit scared by it, I'm like, yeah, I probably should do that. Do you know what I mean? I get that. Yeah. Like, so for example, a real life example with me. When I was at university, I hated public speaking and I would literally do anything, anything to not public speak. So I had a module in my final year and like a third of the module was based on a public speaking thing you had to do and that was the only one in the whole degree that was like a public speaking focused thing right i missed that portion of the module uh-huh. i just didn't take it because i was like i don't want to do public speaking that's how much i hated it i actually couldn't stand up in front of 30 people crazy now my whole job is based on standing up in front of people i've done talks in front of 200 300 400 500 people now nothing bothers me um but the reason why was because when i moved into this industry i realized I'm going to have to get used to this whole public speaking thing. Um, so I started pushing myself to do things that scared me. And the more that I did them, the less scary they become. And now yes. nothing like that really scares me. Even like going on, like I've been on TV and stuff, and none of that really scares me anymore. Whereas in the beginning it did. But yeah. when you first do it, you kind of like shoot your pants a little bit. Do you know what I'm going to say? Public speaking at uni versus being in real life is such a different thing. Because when you're at uni, you, you feel like you have to learn everything that you're going to say. Whereas mm. like in normal life you just chat you just know what you're what's going to come in. out of your brain because yeah. like, well you don't but <laughs> you don't but like you know what you're talking about basically so yeah like at uni you're learning to talk about a specific I don't know nervous cell function in a biomed like module yeah you've got and to learn it yeah and you just have to learn it and like verbally vomit it back out whereas like when it comes to actual public speaking in real life most of the stuff I talk about now is the stuff I'm passionate about yeah so it, you're so comfortable talking about it because you really care about it um but yeah generally in my in my business I'm like if something scares me a little bit I probably should do that and I think that's the main thing that I live by if something makes me feel a bit uncomfortable I'm like right just get over it and just do it because once I've done it once I won't be scared of it again so I do that with conflicts. I'm a total conflict avoider. Anything conflict, anyone's like, we need to have a phone call. I'm like, oh my God, they hate me. Oh my God. Oh my God, 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 what's going to happen? I like read into things. If somebody sends me a short message and ends it with a full stop and not an emoji, I'm like, they're in a mood. I'm like, they're in a mood. They're in a mood. And then I get on the phone, I'm like, hello? (laughs) And they're like, if it is conflict, I'm like, okay, let's be rational about this. And I get over it and I'm like, actually, that wasn't that scary. But if it's not, then you're like, Oh, what was I thinking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm very, I'm very like anti-conflict as well. Not very good at conflict. Do one thing that day, every day that scares you. Yeah. Does that mean having conflict with people? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Arguments with people. <laughs> Get angry. <laughs> that's that's the quote that you live by. Get angry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my quote. Hopefully, hopefully that's helpful. That is helpful. Well, yeah. I've given you a little real life example uh, of like how it actually works with me. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having amazing. me, mate. It's been great fun. It has been great fun. We just chatted. I don't even look at my questions that much. Um, okay, where can we find you? Where can we say, find Stay Wild? Um, all over the gram. So, on the gram, Zana Van Dyke. 
D-I-J-K at the end. Um, and then Stay Wild Swim at Stay Wild Swim. And then I'm also across like YouTube, website, loads of platforms. Stay Wild Swim is on our website. You can shop us shop sustainably on our um, amazing website on our amazing website yes which was uh, helped to be built by an amazing woman called oh, who is this I don't know it's called <laughs> Lucy <laughs> oh it's me that's just me it was all me uh, yeah so stay on the website have a look to see some of um, Lucy's handiwork and uh, yeah. and the swimwear Oh, yeah. Yeah, the swimmer, please buy a piece. Thank yeah, you. please only go and look at it to see how it looks. <laughs> please <laughs> buy a piece. And then tag yes. us on social media. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Bye.